everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Be Move podcast. You've got Coach Sars here and I'm a strength coach um, who's been in the industry for over eight years now and I have come across some very amazing and very inspirational people along the way and that's the reason why I wanted to start this podcast is to showcase these people and their stories that they've gone through and their setbacks and the doors that have been slammed in their faces and how they've managed to achieve the goals that they've wanted to achieve even through you know really really some tough times so I'm hoping that in each episode that you get inspired you know to set your dreams and to set some goals for yourself and bloody go for them because these people inspire me day in day out and I'm 100% sure that they will inspire you too so Thank you for tuning in and I'll talk to you soon. Welcome everyone. If you haven't guessed already, episode six is with the gun footballer herself, Georgia Walker. Georgia, welcome. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Oh my god! Um, my first footballer, um, but first of many, I hope. But she does play netball. She has played netball before. So I met this girl at Rye, um, gun footballer. We brought her over to the netball to help us out, and just a superstar. And she's gone on to obviously go through the VFL um, through with the football, and then obviously getting picked for the AFL sides and stuff when that all started up for the women's league, which is amazing. So obviously this girl's gone through quite a few setbacks injuries-wise, um, a little bit different to some people's normal injuries, but we're going to go through all of that. Um, but, yeah, great story, superstar of a player and even better person. So, G, thank you again for coming on. Oh, I'm so excited. So blessed. Such a good intro. Love that. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. Um, so obviously let's – Go from the start, G. So obviously starting footy from such a young age, how'd yeah, you get into it? way back when. Uh, so I started uh, major tomboy, shorts, T-shirts, never in a dress or anything, and, of course, playing footy, soccer and sports and stuff with the boys at school. And there was one girl at the time that was playing in our year group and, and they were all just like, come down, come down. So... I remember it. it was just one day after school, I was with Dad, he took me down to the Rye Footy Oval, I trained, I bought home socks and shorts and signed me, Dad signed me up and Mum, I just remember Mum having a freak out. She's like, why is my daughter playing football with the boys? Like, this is ridiculous. It was maybe in grade three or four, yeah. And then, so I played the back end of the season and fell in love with it ever since and yeah, so the year I came back the year after, my parents uh, got a permit for me to play down. So being a girl in the boys' league, you know, they want to look after you. But um, so, yeah, I just played, fell in love with it. I was grateful that I got the permit down because we won like two or three flags in a row. So, uh, uh, but, yeah, so and that's that, I guess. That's where it all started. Oh, my God. So you got roped in uh, from the boys. Yeah. Did you show the boys up at the start? Um, I don't started? think my first year. I, I think I like to think I did, but from then on, absolutely, year two, the boys had nothing. Dad was my coach from 
under 11 for pretty much my whole junior career, um, which was pretty special. And um, I think he – and he still today, you're asking him, he cost me a few best and fairest because I didn't want to favour me with votes. So <laughs> – Oh, did you deserve them though? Yeah. Obviously. <laughs> Obviously, I've not moved on. <laughs> still holding on to that. So, what was that? Uh, age ten and twelve, you're still you're still holding on to those B and Fs. Oh my hard. god, that's actually dead. <laughs> so, we're going to talk about a lot about that setback. So, not yeah. joking. That's <laughs> why we're here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so, obviously, playing through your juniors and stuff, playing with the boys. How did you find? Footy's massive now, you know, for the girls and stuff, which is awesome uh, for women in sport and everything like that. But when you first got into it, there was not many females at all, really, was there? Nah, I was, um, there was two girls at our club, um, the one who dragged me along and she ended up playing the year above. And, but I honestly thought I was one of the only girls that played football, like in the whole of the world. Like I just, and being on the peninsula, we're so, like, isolated from everything. In Melbourne, it was growing. But, um, yeah, it wasn't really until year seven, so maybe two or three years of playing, that when I actually, there was more than me playing football. There was a couple girls who may played at, like, Red Hill and Balnarring, and those girls are still playing now. But I loved it. I loved being with the boys, being one of the boys, doing something different as well that not everyone else was. It was pretty hard, though, at the start. Um, I did get picked on a bit, like, for hanging out with the boys, playing one of those types of sports and that type of thing. But I just loved the game and loved how much space we had, the tackling. Um, But, yeah, so then I think it was year seven when the SSV trials, they kind of literally back then sent it out to any girl that was playing football and you were kind of invited along. And I was like, wow. And there was only, like, 50 girls there at the trials, but I was like, crap man like this is big <laughs> now look at it like yeah. you get three it's all yeah. collection for who comes to trial yeah well it wasn't really advertised as you said um no. you know it wasn't really spoken about you know when it did you know even when I was you know seeing you guys playing the juniors and stuff I'm like oh that's so weird like not weird I shouldn't say that but it's just but you it know, is, it, yeah. it was so popular it wasn't like netball or footy for the no. boys or basketball it was no. um it was so foreign to a lot of people, wasn't it, in a way? Um, and I think, as you said, uh, a big thing, obviously, the parents were scared because there was no female competition. Obviously, you're having to play with the boys as well. So, you know, they're fitter, they're stronger, all of that kind of stuff. So injuries kind of come to play. So a lot of parents probably would have stopped their girls from even wanting to go and play is that correct really yeah let alone even playing like even now like still some parents are like oh I don't even want you playing with the girls like it's just that stere- very stereotypical it's contact sport chicks shouldn't play contact sport because they're not strong enough when I was with the boys it was under 14s was a cutoff and we had to go play with girls but um there was no girls league so I was almost going to just leave footy and um go umpire or something because I still want to be involved. But thankfully, um, mum and dad as well helped create, uh, it was, well, I think we'll call it like the Mornington Peninsula Youth Girls Team or something like that. So it was a team we played in the um, Southeast Juniors League up at Casey Fields every Saturday. And that was full of girls from like where we were in Bright up until like Frankston or Dandenong or something ridiculous. Like 
it was almost like an interleague of sorts. And then, yeah, played there for a few years. And then eventually the league back at home started up again. Mum and Dad helped build that. They were very instrumental in uh, women's footy on the ninch, I guess. And, um, yeah, yeah got to come back to Rye, which was pretty fab. That's amazing. So, yeah, as you said, like there was no real league or association, you know, backing you guys up when you first started out and stuff like that. No, no way. And I think that's probably the biggest thing now is like just the financially um, being able to, because, you know, if you get bring females to your club, all right, now we need other change rooms. We need, and the grounds as well. Like I think right when I went back playing youth girls, we had like 10 teams sharing the one oval. Like it's ridiculous how quickly it's grown. And, yeah, it's just about being able to have that support and the accessibility full stop from the rest of the clubs and your community. Yeah, 100%. So obviously going through your juniors and everything like that, um, playing at Rye, um, you trialled for SSV. Uh, so talk me through what SSV actually is. So I think it's still the same, but it's States for Victoria. It's an under-16 league. Yeah, so I would have been maybe 12 or 13 at the time. Uh, year 7, just got asked to come out. Um, and it's, yeah, so a rep state carnival and you'll get selected and you train for maybe two or three months and then go over to Canberra or Perth or play interstate and it's a bit of a carnival tournament. Um, similar to like the netball rep stuff they you've talked about. And um, so, yeah, first year didn't get picked. Wasn't expecting to, but it was um, a bit more of like a reality check for me and really drove, made me hungry. Like I want, this is like, this is my pathway. This is what I want. I want football. So over pre-season, um, Dad and I worked really hard with running down at the Oval, um, you know, body work stuff, body weight stuff to try and get stronger and fitter and then come back the next year, same time, got invited back and I got emergency. So stoked. I think I mum bawled her eyes out when she told me. I was just like over the moon. I was like, yes, my foot's in the door still went to trainings and I was like, this is it. Like I'm one step away. Go back, play local with the boys, that type of thing, training over pre-season. And I come back again. I'm like, yeah, this is it. I've got this. And then I get selected. So three times a charm, you find as we keep talking, three is my lucky number, yeah. <laughs> maybe unlucky in yeah. some cases. But um, yes, I came. <laughs> <laughs> I got selected and I'm pretty sure it was that year actually I'd broken my wrist. So for half the trials, I had a broken wrist, but lucky they still kept me. (laughs) And, um, yeah, went away and we went to, where did we go? Canberra, I think. I think we played for the SSV there and awesome trip, amazing. And I was just like, this is a whole new level of football, whole new skill level. Um, But I think I'm a jinx for Victoria. So that year we lost the first ever grand final. So Victorians have won every grand final since forever, since the carnival started and we lost. I didn't play. I got benched, but I was pretty heartbroken by that. <laughs> a chick that broke her arm or broke her wrist got picked over me. I was but, uh But, yeah, so that was pretty it's incredible good. to be a part of. Yeah, obviously not happy. <laughs> not over that either. <laughs> yes. Yes, obviously um, getting selected to that, you know, and, and more to the point, just figuring out what that next step was for you would have been, you know, pretty massive. Like you were just this little girl at Rye thinking, you know, that 
I'm the only one playing footy, you know, there's no one else really around playing footy and stuff. And then obviously to to progress through to that SSV and finally get picked and everything, is that obviously where you already had the love for the sport, but is that obviously where you realise, no, this is actually, this can I can go further with this? Yeah, 100%. I think ever since I can remember, like when I first started, I was like, yep, my two goals were to be I want to play AFL and I wanted to be like the first ever female AFL coach. Like that was it. That's all I wanted to. And, you know, you, you th- the dream was to play against the likes of Gary Ablett. Like that's all I thought I could do, play in the boys' league, which was never going to happen. But, and, um, yeah, once I went through these trials, I was like, this is actually a pathway. Like I think back then it was 2020 was meant to be the first year of the AFLW and they ended up obviously bringing in three years earlier. But I was like, I have a pathway, I have a goal and – this is this is like where I can take myself to the next level and really push myself. So it was really exciting and a real game changer in that sense. I, I put a lot of pressure on myself though, especially in those early years, to get fitter, to be the best I could. Um, and I think that's just who I've always been though, a bit of a perfectionist and, you know, as we all are in our preferred sports, we all put pressure on ourselves and when we're not good or not, you know, we always set high expectations, but um, yeah, definitely set the bar high for where I wanted to go. Yeah, goals, mate. They've got to be big. You know, you got to go big or go home. I say, but exactly as you said, right. you know, working in those off seasons, working on what you needed to work on, like you know, it eventually got you to that SSV spot, which was awesome. But also that year, um, you got into the Sandringham Dragons Academy, so. What's that? Yeah. Is that, is, so is that, that was another step the f- on? Yeah, so this was a really brand new step. So it's what the NAB League is now. Um, and so I think that was the first or second year this, um, it was the TAC Cup had been implemented. So there was only four academies. I think it was like Calder, Cannons, Sandringham, a Ballarat, um, and one other, maybe even just the three of us. And we maybe had a squad of 50 we trained once a fortnight up at Richmond. So Dad and I would spend the whole, you know, nearly two hours in the car driving up to the city. I'd nap and, um, yeah, train once a fortnight. And then at the end of it we'd have a weekend uh, like a round robin as such. And, um, yeah, that's where that that was the next part of the step. And then eventually that grew to the TAC and the NAB Cup to what it is now. So, yeah, it was I think – through my pathway, I was just so fortunate that I was at the right time when everything was starting to be built. Like there was stepping stones to the SSV and this Dragons Academy. And yeah, I guess right place at the right time almost. But um, yeah, worked hard to get to those spots. So then, yeah, next step, getting through slowly. <laughs> yeah. And as you said, like, you were right there at the at the start of all of this, to be honest. Like, you know, as you said, with that, the Dragons Academy, there was only four, four, you know, other academies and stuff like that. And now it's, you know, how many teams and there's different sections and Yeah. I think it's like eight or like ten like now. So. Yeah, Massive. it's just it's growing bigger and bigger. It's um, you know, we're losing a lot, uh, we're finding in the V VNL for Nepal, we're losing a lot of girls over to footy. Um, all yeah. girls are trying to do both at the same yeah. time which is um you know which is great I love it um you know women in sport and stuff but it's just growing massively it's, it's getting nearly bigger yeah. than Nepal to be honest like yeah wow it's yes <laughs> if, if you go to Nepal 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's always like, no, I'm playing footy. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. No, it's great. Um, so obviously, yeah, after that academy, you got did that for two years um, and then you started, you actually did play netball when you were in the under-17s. How did that go down? <laughs> <laughs> so... I used to hate netball. Like I, I think it was just because it was a girl, you know, in quotation marks, a girly sport. I reckon I played maybe once in under 14s for a season back when the, the frilly skirts were a thing and the big cotton T-shirts down at Rye. And then it was under 17, so the last year of like the Saturday juniors. And I went down with a couple mates and I played and I loved it. Like I, I think I played goal defense and maybe center. And I just loved the running and it really helped my footy fitness. So I was like, yeah, uh, this is good. I'll do both. You know, I'm not fast. I wasn't very agile, but it, it seemed to help. And uh, I nearly got kicked out of the league or at least the team because I'd come out, you know, big, from a footy background, quite tough and, you know, going up for high flying balls and, the netty mums of Rye back then tried to kick me out, claiming I was too tough <laughs> and being too much of a big bull. It's like a bulldozer on the corn stuff. I was triggered. I think I've only played the one season there and I didn't come back <laughs> afterwards until footy oh netball, of course. But uh, <laughs> yeah. And that's but why you stood A grade perfectly, girl. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Oh my god, amazing. That Georgia Walker, she's too rough. Get her yeah. off. I amazing. couldn't believe it. I was like, mate. Um you're like, you haven't seen rough yet. <laughs> I know. Netball's actually one of the most physical sports I've played for a non-contact sport. Like I was like, so it's just typical, you know, you young junior netty mums, they're more serious than their daughters. And I was like, guys, come on, I'm 16. <laughs> Give me a break. Chill. Chill, chill. Amazing. Um, so obviously, yeah, progressing from um, Dandenong Academy, you know, it's starting to get a little bit bigger now, um, you know, girls in footy and everything like that. And that's when obviously uh, Vic Country came into yeah. came, came to play this following year. So, you know, 2015, 16-year-old gal, um, talk us through that year. That was a big year for you. So Yeah, massive. So, was it, I think it was a 2014 as well. I was down at Vic Metro with Geordie Allen, who's now at Collingwood, and we played uh, as under 18 carnival there together. And then that 2015, it would have been um, we both, because of our relocation where we are, we're country, and we got the decision to play for country or metro. I chose to go to country and she went over across to metro, and you know, as, as you do. And, yeah, so I went across the country and that was a really big year. And, again, uh, I think year 11, so a big turning point again in my football career. You know, draft is now next year and really looking to, you know, aim for that, aim high. So I got vice captain at uh, Vic Country, which was pretty incredible, uh, you know, being captain in any named in a leadership group and especially coming across from Metro where country and Metro – have a massive rivalry. Uh, like when I left Metro, I had a lot of girls very spiteful towards me and kind of have a go at me on the field because of it, very that type of stuff. And, yeah, to then be named captain of uh, Vic Country was uh, very, very special. Um, so we went over to Perth that year, lovely year. I think it was the Seth, second or third game in. Still remember it. Looks great on footage too. Streaming off the bench. 
out of the back half. So that's the defensive 50 for you non-footballers out there. The balls just come straight out onto the wing, which is the far side of the field. <laughs> and I'm running for the ball, hands out, and I slip. So the ball, so embarrassing, man, so embarrassing. But then there's another player, defender comes towards me and picks me up from the front and slams me on my back. And that's where I got I got concussed pretty badly. And um, so I was stretched off the ground, poor, I, my parents, it was live streamed. And so my family couldn't come over to Perth. So I was watching the live stream back at home in Melbourne. And then all of a sudden they see me go down and they're like, can't do anything and yeah, I can't imagine what that was. I kind of laugh at it. <laughs> like, but I could, yeah, not great. And yes, yeah, so I was in hospital for the night and couldn't play the rest of the carnival. And I think prior to that, like, I, prior, that may have been the second or third concussion I had the year prior. I had, I don't know, that was probably one of my first uh, severe ones, actually. And yeah, it really rattled me mentally. You know, I just come across a big country. I was like really nervous about selections. You know, I want to be all Australian. These are all these goals I was setting for, but uh, couldn't play. We we didn't win any games anyway. Um, so you know, it's not like I necessarily missed out on anything like that. So I think I may have had my two or three, maybe two weeks out, and come back as if nothing had happened. Um, and then as a result, though, with Big Country, I got uh, the best and fairest or the fairest and best medal, which was an in- incredible. So it's called the Eva Pierce medal, named after two uh, two other women who kind of uh, created the pathway for female footy, Alicia Eva, who she's at Giants, the GWS captain. And yes, that was pretty special. It's nominated by your teammates as well, and you know, hear you and the in some of the other potties talk about uh, some of the most special awards you'll get throughout your career or your life are the ones that are nominated by your peers. I think it's, you get that recognition for the ones that you play with, and your friends is special. Um, but yeah, and then what else happened that year? So after come back from country, go back just to youth girls at down at Rye, uh, where. I was captain with, so it's first year back, being back at Rye from that transition, and that was bloody special. Like you love, you love playing in your local colours and number thirty-one. It's a number I've had every year since forever, and I got to put that back on. That was pretty awesome, and yeah, we so got good. we got to, we got into the grand final, and absolutely love that. You know, I've been pretty fortunate with having a couple of grannies with the boys under 11s and 12s and under 13s. But, um, yeah, winning with the girls was very special. And I got to play with my sister, Kobe. So she's two years younger than me. And, yeah, that was awesome. I think she nearly got in a fight in that game. So I was pretty proud then. If you knew her, she's smallest and dorkiest girl ever. Spaghetti arms, we call her. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so that was awesome. <laughs> Tip, tipped off the year now. And you got best on, best on ground? Yeah, I got, got best, best on ground on. for that game? That was pretty special. We um that grand Amazing. final actually we went into double overtime too. So we, yeah, we won. Test the fitness out a little bit. Oh, mate, I was cramping. I was off for the last five minutes, screaming on the bench. Mum rubbing me down as trainer. Dad's coaching. Me and my sister are playing like absolute manic, and we won by a goal with like thirty seconds left. Yeah, it was pretty special. Oh my God. You love those moments. <laughs> You actually remember those moments uh, like forever, I reckon, the big ones yeah. like that, that mean heaps. 100%. Um, obviously, just 
going back on that concussion that obviously mm. you got had up in um in Perth and stuff, what the what's the recovery um for that like? Is it just rest? Do you have to rehab at all? Um, did you have to see physios or get any scans or anything like that done? Um back then no, you knew nothing. Honestly, um, I they some doctors at the time it was you have your three weeks off and you come back, but I just had a did a paper test with my GP or actually I don't even think that I did that then that was maybe later on I literally just got cleared when I had no symptoms I think I may have gone to the GP and got a, a doctor's certificate um, didn't do any rehab didn't do anything it was just like I had a bit of a headache a bit nauseous and that type of thing I think. The because symptoms for every concussion is different depending on the person where you get hit, time and place, and all that. And um, that one, I guess, thankfully, <laughs> out of all the other ones, which we'll get to, uh, wasn't a bad one. So it was only the two weeks, and mentally, I wasn't too affected by that, other than being at that national championship, worrying about what I was going to miss out on. But otherwise, yeah, two weeks later, I was straight back into it. Yeah, so it didn't affect you. Um, how was it going back for that first game, like all that first training back after being off for two weeks? Like, do, do you scared? Did you hold? Knowing you, you probably didn't hold back at all. Yeah. Um, but yeah, was that was that was that urge to sit back a little bit and and nerves sit in or anything? I think maybe that trainings and maybe the first game, like at the start. But once I was into it, I was fine. Um, yeah, this one hadn't rocked me as much. It was kind of, it was probably really the only the first bad one, I guess, where I was hospitalized. And, um, I think, yeah, I think I just fed off more what my mom, how my mom was feeling. So if my mom was real nervous, I'd be like, oh crap, like, oh, I'm not feeling great. But, um, yeah, was, I was, I was feeling all right. It was very much all right. I'm good. I'm sweet. We'll go again. Um, and as you said, like you're, you're only 16 at that time as well like so you don't really you know and you don't really know any better <laughs> no offense no. to any 16 year olds <laughs> but you don't know any better really you don't. anything like that as you said you you just feed off um what you how your parents are feeling or or your, your coaches and stuff like that so yeah. um obviously yeah so that year won the grand final for rye which was awesome um then also playing stingrays is that how how did that get involved in that? Yeah, so that's um a follow on from Sandringham Dragons Academy that we spoke about. So that that year um it grew into more of a, a competition. So I think it went from four to maybe six or seven teams. And so yeah, Danny Nong Stingrays. Uh, we trained down at Frankston and Danny Nong, and that was a part of that next TAC Cup. So it was finally some sort of affiliation with the boys. We had some sort of games, um, not necessarily a cup or a grand final as such, um, if you finished first after whoever the however many games you won. But, um, yeah, so on it again, I was named captain for that one and that was very special. You know, it was real first representative side that I'd been a part of and, again, a part of that pathway for me that was going to get me to that next level. And I think we came runners-up actually yeah. in that year. But, um, yeah, Daniel Stingrays, love that club, great club. Yeah. Are you playing all of this at the same time? Or you, you said Big Country was at the start. <laughs> nah, pretty much Please all the same not. time. Please say not. Nah, same time. So <laughs> Danny Nong Stingrays yeah. is like pre-season. So what's it? 
so yeah, all pre-season, so over Christmas and stuff. And then we're training pretty sure maybe once a week or once a fortnight. No, once a week actually, maybe a Tuesday or Wednesday. Training twice a week for youth girls. Um, what else? Dandenong Stingrays. Yep, so that's once a week. Youth girls twice a week. Vic Country is a weekend, so usually it was an all-day Saturday up in North Melbourne. And then we can't go back and play the next day. And I think there may have been even like an an interleague game or something like that as well. So I was pretty much training four not yeah four or five days a week, and then an actual game on the Sunday. So I was fit. I was great. I was living. <laughs> yeah, wow. Yeah, that's amazing. And obviously, like, it's not ideal to you know be training that much and playing that much, but. Unfortunately, with how the, you know, the leagues were kind of set up at that time with not many teams and everything, you kind of had to, didn't you? You, you had to be involved yeah. in as many of those everything. teams as possibly you can because otherwise you're just not going to get, one, to get the exposure um, and, two, get enough games under your belt really because otherwise it was such a sh- short season for you guys, wasn't it? Exactly right. And it's uh, just about getting your name out there as well. Like if you didn't try, it was like, what, what do you got to lose? So yeah, um, yeah, did everything. I think that that year I may have played like over twenty games of football. I think it was over thirty or forty games of football, actually, like a ridiculous amount, a ridiculous amount. Yeah. Um, but yeah, amazing. Um, so obviously, like going from there, like the next progression from like your stingray. So that's when the VFL started to come about and everything is that correct or is that that that's the following going into the following year so yeah talk us through that next step of you know how you started progressing through yeah so after youth girls I needed to find a next place to play which was a VFL competition and that had finally uh been laid out in a you know again similar to the men's with the men's clubs and so the closest one was Seaford from Rye and I was 17. So that year that I was doing stingrays and bit country and stuff, I was training at Seaford as well maybe once every second week whenever I could fit it in. And because um, I was 17 at the time, you had to be 18 to play. I got I got a permit to um, play up uh, three or four games, I think. So that's open age as well. I loved it. it was, again, a whole new brand of footy uh, from going from – dominating in a uh, in the comp down the peninsula with the youth girls to being in a women's comp with bigger bodies. You know, people can kick further than 20 metres, people can mark a ball. Uh, yeah, and it was a lot faster, plus you're playing on bigger grounds too. Uh, so, yeah, that was, yeah, I was the, the next progression in sense of not only the women's pathway growing but I guess my pathway being exposed to that next level of football. How did you find, um, as you said, like you're now competing against like women, mm. bigger bodies, people that have been playing for just as long as you, um, you know, h- how did you find that transition from, as you said, being so dominant in such a small area of, of girls compared to, you know, VFL? Like how, how did you find, you know, maybe being the underdog a little bit going through that? Um, yeah, I was intimidated. I was really intimidated being younger, 
I was just like, what am I, like, am I good enough? Everyone knows where I've come from, what I've done, and they're, you know, that extra perceived pressure, I guess, from everyone else and what everyone's expecting from you. And, of course, I get chucked straight on ball and I'm like, man, I'm, I look around and I'm like, you play, AF. like, I know you, I know you. I'm just like, why am I here? But um, once the game starts, it's like any you touch the footy, siren goes, and you're just into it. Your head's in the zone. You don't hear all the other white noise. And um, I love the challenge. I'm very competitive, a competitive beast, maybe too competitive sometimes. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I love the challenge. I love going up against bigger bodies. And um, I think, again, it was for me being able to learn, just learn more about the game, the way the game can be played, and how I can adjust to that and whether I can even adjust to that. Um, but, yes, yeah, so I think that VFL playing a couple of games up was, um, yeah, more of a development in that sense of learning. Yeah. Did you um, find that you were out of your depth at all or were you, like, on par? Were you, like, were you happy with your performances for those couple of games and everything? Yeah, I was. Mind you, at the time, we Seaford were not a very successful side. So in my team sense, I still dominated because we weren't very strong. But we lost pretty much every game that year by 100 points or something. So it wasn't – we weren't very competitive. Um, but, yeah, <laughs> so. How does that um, – how does that go for the confidence? Like, obviously – like you said, you're still playing well. Yeah. Um, one of the best players in that team and everything, being so young and yeah. everything, which is amazing. But, like, how does it go for confidence-wise, like, when your team isn't winning? Like, is it is it hard on you? Do you kind of feel like you're you're taking heaps of the burden? You know, what goes through your head during the games and everything with that, Gal? Yeah. I think when I was playing, it was very much um, – I was just playing for fun and so the scoreboard, because I didn't feel like it was my team because I was only playing three or four games, training every second week. I think that's – I've almost not felt isolated but I didn't feel like it was my team. So as bad as that sounds, like I couldn't emotionally attach myself to the score or getting smashed and I think because we expected to lose by that, there was no expectation of us to do well in sense. So whenever we went out, we'd set our own goals – for each quarter and if we could tick off those boxes whether it be you know uh keep them to two goals in the first quarter or lay a certain amount of tackles we'd come off feeling quite proud especially when we'd come against the better teams and we are stopping them to one goal for this quarter or we can actually score a goal a quarter like that that was the small the little kpis we were actually looking at and i think that's what kept us going that's what kept feeding us kept us hungry and yeah, so no, like obviously it's, it, would, it would have been tough and I think the year after as well we struggled with that a lot more. Um, but, yeah, I think when, when you're in that situation, you've just got to be able to set, whether it's independent goals, smaller team goals, to actually give yourself something to strive for and something that's achievable because else absolutely you'll just get lost and you'll take the burden and you'll feel, you know, you get really down on yourself and that's when your team starts falling apart. And I guess with netball, you might only have seven or ten to your side. But when you're playing footy, you've got 18 on the field and then you've got six, four or six on the bench. So there's a lot more uh, more room for the team to kind of fail in that structure sense if you start turning on one another. Yeah, so true. Um, 
yeah, even though it's it's good for the wins, like all of you get around each other yeah. and stuff. When it's down, it's yeah. um, it it breaks down pretty quick, doesn't it? And especially for you guys, like, how did you find on the big ovals and stuff like that, fitness wise? I think at the they're time they're much bigger, aren't they? The VFL. Yeah, some of them are just paddocks. Like, and, so, and especially, like, I'd be playing midfield for four quarters. So by the end of it, I was absolutely cooked. <laughs> so it's an absolute struggle, especially when your team's not as skillful. You know, it's a bit easier if you can mark a ball, you get a little break, you know, you kick it down the oval. But we're chasing ball. You've got leading to your left and it's kicked out to your right. Like, you just – it takes it out. <laughs> it takes it out of you, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, I do not envy your pre-seasons <laughs> at all, gal. That is- oh, <laughs> oh, my God. Um, yeah, so obviously that was a massive year for you. You know, you're still sick. You, um, your birthday's not till December, so you're still a baby, like, throughout the whole year and everything like that. So big year for just a 16-year-old kid and everything to go through all of that, playing with the senior girls, um, girls, sorry, women, um, I should mm-hmm. say. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, talk us through. Like, we we happy with your progress? Like going into that next step? Like obviously at that time, going into two thousand sixteen, footy was getting bigger again. Still not like nowhere where it is now, but it was getting you know people were hearing about it more and all of that kind of stuff. People were getting involved. Um, yeah, talk us through your process of like, all right, how did I go in two thousand fifteen? Where do I want to go next year? Yeah. Um, I was really happy with my progress. Like I'd come out of that year with a lot of confidence with the way that I'd played. I think coming off the nationals and the the academy cup series, I was I was feeling really confident. You know, I'd been getting some really good, you know, getting lots of compliments. I'd been getting like some accolades, and I was like, yeah, I'm in a really good place. I just need to keep working on my fitness, especially, and just keep the ball rolling because if I dropped it like I was like this year 2016 coming into then I was like this is my draft year like this is this is what I want we bought it three years earlier and I yeah I just can't drop my ball so I was coming into the year very confident and very very determined to uh have a good one it's gonna be tough though because it was year 12 but yeah at, for me footy came first over year 12 <laughs> sorry mom sorry dad <laughs> Oh, mate, I don't care. I agree. Netball came <laughs> I'm with you. Yeah. Oh, so funny. Um, so, yes, obviously still progressing through Vic Country in that um, – still played for Vic Country that year again as well, second year. Yep, Vic Country uh, yeah. was named Thank captain. That, that was uh, That was special. That was very special. Yeah. Um, you know, so seeing- there's a few uh, – Captains there, gal, along the way and stuff. Like, do you see yourself? Obviously, you know you've you've been named captain multiple times. Like, do you see yourself as 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 the main leader? Like, or are you kind of were a bit taken back when people have given you that? You know, yeah, and stuff. I'm always taken aback just because I. I'm very much a talker. I'm very much a people person, and I think it's just always been in my nature to get around everyone. And being having the experience that I had, I knew a, a bit more about footy, so I was always helping out, giving you know advice and stuff. So I was 
so I was just going about my business as I normally would. So I was always taken aba- taken aback and just, you know, almost shocked when I was named captain, especially that year for country with, you know, knowing the girls we still had in that side and one was a captain the year before and I was like, I've been picked. Like, are you sure? Like I knew, but I've always had confidence in my in my ability and especially in that, like I – especially as a player and a team player, I consider myself very much a leader, whether it's captain or I'm not in, even in the leadership group, leadership group. So, yeah, I'm definitely going to back myself in that sense um, regardless. So Yeah, it doesn't really change, Yeah, you know, um, how, you, how you play or how you get around the other girls and stuff because, no. as you said before, you, you're quite spoken, you know, um, and, and get around each other and encouraging and all of that kind of stuff. So that really wouldn't change with or without the title, would it? No, exactly right. No. It's just, it's just yeah. another title. Um, not that, it, that being captains and not saying it's just another title, but for me it was just like it's not going to change. Less pressure, more pressure in that sense, yeah. So obviously best and first again. Yes, I could not that, believe yeah. it. Oh, back to so yes, the Eva Pierce medal again. And I remember we had the – um a big nab, uh, like a big uh, award ceremony for it and the boys were there. So the, all the so it was the best and fairest for the boys' nab league as well and we had our little group of girls from the state teams there and we were, our awards were going to be read out and it was the year of like the 20th anniversary for the nab or the TAC Cup running. So Jonathan Brown was there and I'm a Brisbane supporter, so like my idol. And there was all these other AFL players there and I was like, yeah. She's one of these girls who've got to win it. Like, I'm here. This is awesome. But, like, they had a great, great season. And then my name got caught up and I just froze. I was like, what? And I got up on stage and you know, that did their little intro chat and I went to do my thank you speech and I look up and 10 metres in front of me was Jonathan Brown, like the Jonathan Brown. And I was like, I had a heart attack. I was like, I had to take a big breath before I spoke. I was shaking. I've never been so nervous. I was just like, I've just got this award. I've just met my hero. Like, it was the most overwhelming experience ever. I just, I was in awe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's just little, you know, 10 year old Georgia oh, coming God. back into, you know, you know, your goals and dreams of what you wanted to achieve and stuff like that. It's like right in front of you, isn't it? Yeah, and I think it was that night I started realising like, you know, I'd, at the start of the year or the end of the year I'd always set little goals, like whether it be to make state or win a bet like a, a best and fairest or something. I was like, then I was like, like I'm, I'm kicking goals. Like I'm actually doing the things that I need to do to get me to where I am. And I, it was like a, one of the first times ever that I would sit back and be like, I'm actually proud of me. Like you, you don't do that a lot, but I was like, yeah, this is sick. Yeah. This is sick. Yeah, you set those um set the goals that you want to achieve and criticize you can write a big ass list um of things that you need to work on and criticize yourself on every game or every training or whatever, but it's very rare that you actually yeah do sit back and give yourself a bit of a pat on the back, isn't it? 100%. And I think that's something that's really important and something that I've still learning to do now it's just like once you set your little goals you don't just run off and forget about them it's like actually acknowledging yourself because at the end of the day you're the only person that's got you there yeah you might have had a coach or strength conditioning coach or you know a friend or someone who's helped you get there but you're the one that said yes and pushed your body to that limit and I think yeah we we forget to do that a lot we forget to give ourselves a lot of credit 
Gal, you're so wise. <laughs> I love that. That's so true. That's so true. I know. As you said, I'm still trying to work on it as well. And you know, and I'm just turned 31, so uh, it it's a it's a big one. Yeah, so, it is. So wise. So wise. <laughs> Obviously, yeah. So Vic Country getting that award, meeting. Did you get a photo with him? Oh, I got a photo with all of them. <laughs> Yeah, oh, I think Matthew Lloyd was there as well. I was just like, and I just got on Facebook as well. So year 12, I didn't get a phone or Facebook till then, like so old school. But my first photo I ever posted was a little four-photo collage of me and these four AFL players on that night. It was just like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, I just like the queen of football right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm, just, I'm living At the high point. life. i stay in this moment forever. <laughs> So good. Yeah. So good. Um, so obviously, yeah, got that award. Finally, like you realize you're a good player um before that, but now really going like, okay, no, I'm actually pretty pretty good. Yeah. Um, we'll go through like the rest of that. So going through year 12 as well, yeah. after that award, talk us through how you balance the the rest of your year. So it's, it's a big one for you, Gal. Yeah. This this is probably the highlight of my life this year in regards to on and off the field. Um, I was year 12. I was vice captain um, of the school as well. So I had a lot of school commitments. Obviously, very, very much like had my hand in every pie. Don't like to leave a stone unturned. Do everything. <laughs> um, so I went into year 12 with just the mindset of, it's my last year. I'm going to put no pressure on it because I know what I'm like. If I put pressure on something, I won't achieve it. Um, so year 12, I had my four subjects. So I got like a um, a sport exclusion kind of or exemption. So I had only had to do four instead of the five subjects. So I had a lot of free periods at school, which is where I do a lot of my homework um, and study because <laughs> Monday to Friday and then Sundays or Saturdays was full of footy. Um but so after the Vic Country tournament, we um, I was named an all-star team. So that was the best 48 girls from the whole National Carnival, um, which was pretty special. We had a game. Uh, so we had a two-day or three-day camp and with everyone from – so the best 48 girls from all of Australia, we came, had a camp, and I was like, this is sick. Like, this was one of my goals. This is something I've always wanted to do, being the all Australian squad. And I'm like, I'm in the squad, like big tick. And so we're in our two teams training and I got named captain for the all-star team. And I was like, you're kidding, right? Like just the caliber of females and athletes that we had in that team. And I was like, me, I was like, I was, now I was like, this is a bit of a joke. Like, come on. But I took it. And um, we played the game and it was such a fun game. I loved it. Uh, the level of football, the skill, I was just like, this is the year. Like I could be playing AFL at the end of the year with half these girls and I'm so excited for that. And at the end of the game, they announced the All-Australian squad. So the squad wasn't picked off that team, that game. It was picked out from the actual carnival. So it didn't matter how you played. And um, the name's going. I'm just, oh, yeah, whatever, you know, just yeah, happy to be here. My family's on the sidelines. And um, I hear Walker. Um, so I, I can't really hear the speaker. And I was like, wait, is that me? And then so I missed my name being called out and I got named 
in the All-Australian squad as a back flanker. And I was like, you're kidding. I was I was just shocked. Got my jumper, took a photo. Everyone got announced. And then I walked over to the bench and uh, in the crowd on the fence, sorry, and mum and dad are crying. My whole family's there. I have friends there. And I'm just like, I just broke down in tears. I was just like, I've done it. I was just like, I had never been so overwhelmed or happy being like, I'm like, I've got this, like, this is my thing. I Like, nothing can stop me. That, and I felt un, unstoppable that year. So all Australian then and come back and back to year 12, back to reality kind of thing with youth girls. And I think it was probably one of the games, maybe the first or second game back after this national tournament. And uh, I copped a really bad concussion first game back um it was a deliberate hit like one of the girls came in there had been talk a lot before this game about trying to get me out so they could win and um so one of the girls did she come in with a hit when I was head over the ball and knocked me out uh I was out for quite a while actually quite a few minutes and again hot went to hospital and this one was the first one that actually rocked me it was um and at the time it was a girl who I thought was a friend and it was just there was a whole lot of drama in behind it as well, you know, girls being girls as there's a lot of bitchiness, a lot of, uh, yeah, a lot of gossip going around behind it and the fact it was deliberate. In that game we had four girls taken to the hospital because of concussion or injury because it was just a really brutal game. Yeah, and all majority deliberate acts too. So there was a lot of emotion in that Did game. Did they um, reported? None, none of them, funnily enough, which is why – there was and dad was coach as well so dad's very emotional his daughter's down in an ambulance mum's trainer all of others girls have been gone off and I think after that so I stayed for a bit in hospital and I think emotionally I was rocked from then I was like I've just come back off an amazing carnival all these accolades and I'm here sitting in a hospital bed concussed and mentally I had not been so like my confidence was just knocked out, and um, I think I can't I can't remember how long I had off. It may have been I think then and there I was like I I can't play like I just can't come back. I was really nervous. I think I'd um, I think I maybe three weeks. Um, I come back and I was just like, well, like Dad chucked me up at full forward, so I was like, I don't want to play midfield anymore get me away from the ball. I stuck it, stuck it full forward kind of thing. Still enjoyed playing. Um, I, I was co-captain and, you know, we were trying to go back to back and that type of thing. So still getting involved, but mentally I was just not there. My heart wasn't in it. Um, and I was just really nervous. I was like, what if it happens again? Like, and I had a few minor ones in juniors, like a boot to the head or something like that. But I was like, I've had two pretty bad ones now. Anyway, um, We'd, this is also actually on the back of um, Danny Nong Stingrays as well. So just before Big Country, we had our Danny Nong Stingrays again. And um, so I was captain and there was a few of the girls from that league that we'd played with and that were in that game where I was concussed. And we'd had a ripper year. We won the first flag um, of the TAC Carnival. So it was the first ever women's uh, get win of a flag and Stingrays' first ever flag. Um, and I got best on ground again there, which was just, you know, I think you can't you can't ask for anything more really on a day like that. Um, so yeah, I'd, 
footy, footy like hit a turn for the worst for me. And you know, I was like year 12. Um, I was missing school. I think I may have had a week off school after that too. Just like I just couldn't shake the symptoms. So if anyone's not had a concussion before, you describe it as you're being seasick 24-7. Whether your eyes hurt, your ears ring, you feel nauseous, you want to vomit or you just got like a headache. Um, and plus your neck and shoulders hurt like an like just ache because you're from the whiplash or hitting the ground. Whiplash, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's no good. But um, I got myself back up. We we're playing, and we got to the semi-final, and I was knocked down the semi-final. <laughs> and I was like, Jesus, again, again. I was just like, ah, oh, righto. And, uh, yeah, so we ended up losing that semi anyway, and we went on to the grand final to play, and I, I think I broke down before the grand final I didn't want to play the grand final because we played that same team that knocked that from that first concussion and I was just like I'm just not feeling it like I just I just don't know but um we went back out and we won the grand final which is very special um very emotional but very special last year of youth girls at Rye last time I'll probably ever play at Rye being football some of my best friends were all there. It was just, it was a big year and it was just a really nice way to end a year after, you know, started on a high, went, hit rock bottom and then we got back up and I was like, all right, what's next? Oh, the draft is coming up. Heck yeah. All right. Let's get ready for that. So yeah, <laughs> that was that in football. <laughs> so good. Um, Obviously throughout that year as well, um, you started doing your junior footy coaching as well um, for the ride ride juniors as well. Uh, great coach. You got female coach of the year um, yeah. in the league, which is awesome. That- um, you know, so obviously doing holiday clinics as well for footy and everything like that. So big year, big year for you, but also like at that times when it was rock bottom, was it good to have that other outlet, like that coaching outlet um, that you could obviously put your focus into, still into the love of the sport, but obviously not while you're playing, but what did it, was the love there for coaching as much as playing? Uh, To be honest, I actually struggled coaching mentally. I just wanted nothing to do with football and thank God I had netball and I was playing the footy netball that year because being at coaching, like, I loved my girls. Like, it was under 12, so I was like, this is awesome. Like, I love it. Had so much fun. But I was like, I would get nervous watching them. Like, every time I saw someone put their head over the ball or, you know, get tackled high, I'm just like, I get really anxious. Even now, it's still like, it's almost like a trigger. And I get, yeah, I, I struggled. And I, it's not that I hated coaching, but I just hated being in that football environment. Um, but netball I loved. I was so glad I had that as an escape that year. And from year 12, from footy being just my life for so long. And I just loved it. It was different. It was different girls. The girls were awesome. Um, yeah, I loved it. It was great. Okay. <laughs> I miss netball. I miss having it now. You played two games every week. So, obviously, um, that was the year I was at Rye as well. So, G was playing in the 17s. She got Rising Star. Um, You got BNF runners-up as well in the 
uh, for Rye, and then also playing A grade every week as well. So playing two games every week, um, A or B grade, and, yeah, just dominated. You killed it. For ha- not having played much netball at all, we yeah. had you on the court all the time. I couldn't so believe it. And that was a year I'd even got in the league. Like I think I got runners-up in the league best and fairest. I was like, maybe I need to leave footy. Like get over this. And then I, I tried. Had- <laughs> I tried to get you over. <laughs> well, I had, um, I think it was a reality check. I got invited to a Waves trials and um, I rocked up. I was like, I think mum drove me. I was like, this is cool. I could do this. I get then I'm like, no, nah, no. Nah. I was like, how am I meant to, I can't jump. And like, how am I meant to play against these giants like they are so tall I'm 166 centimeters now I think I've shrunk I used to be 168 and I got then I was like all right this is just going to be fun let's see what I've got I've got nothing to lose and again like you've spoken about in the other with the other girls you can tell who's been there before and I was like wow I'm really out of my depth here like I'm just I'm a footy chick and I remember <laughs> mid-game like you and Coxie and some of the Rye girls came through the door I'm like this look to you. I'm like, oh, I just felt lost. <laughs> I loved it though. It was an experience and a half and a reality check that stick to what you know, George. <laughs> so stick to the footy netball. But it was it was a good experience, that's for sure. But I'm glad it was. Um, I'm glad you had that outlet. Um, Same. You know, while footy was so bad um, for you that year and everything. Oh, like at the end of that year. Sorry, yeah. I shouldn't say at the start. Yeah. Um, like I'm glad that there was something there that you're still being able to stay active and everything like that. Yeah. So, and that I got to be part of as well, which was yeah. even better. So <laughs> it was great. Um, obviously, another big thing that I just want to quickly touch base on is that you shaved your head that year as well. Yeah. You raised $1,200 for the Leukemia Foundation, which is just beyond insane. Um, yeah. So, yeah, you're a bloody what, – what don't you want to do, gal, for the community? That's what I want to say. Um, so good. So obviously, yeah, moving on from from that year, you knew the draft was happening. So they brought the yeah, as you said, the draft was for the AFL women's, I should say, was gonna happen in 2020. Yeah. And it got brought forward to 2017. So it got brought forward three years and you were obviously wanting to get ready for the draft. So how was your mindset obviously after going through that rock bottom year? Um at time of the year for you at Rye, um, but then you came up to win the premiership, which was amazing. Like how was the preparation going into the draft for you? It was like, I think it was like a switch had flicked. Um, I'd had interviews at footy clubs. So I think I interviewed with three Vic-based clubs. I was like, so I've come with a lot of confidence. I think it was like Essendon, Collingwood and Carlton. So I was like, this is really good. Um, like I was like, you know, I've, I've got the resume for football. Like I've ticked the boxes. I've done everything possible to be able to put myself in a good spot. So I was, and, you know, I'd been told by the clubs, like, yeah, like we're going to do what we can. We want you at our club. So I, I, I was confident. I was ready. So there's a lot of build up at the school as well. You know, it's massive. The first ever female, the women's AFLW draft. So it was big. And everyone at school and everyone's like, yep, George, you've got this. George, you're going to get picked up. George, yep. So there was almost that pressure or expectation from everyone else. And I was like, all right, 
I've got this, of course. Like, why would I not? Always going into it, though, you're like, you know what? There's always a possibility that you won't. But at the back, that was at the front of my mind. Back of my mind, I'm like, George, you've got this. Don't even worry about it. You know, get ready to sign the paper kind of thing. So I take the day off school. And as you said, you uh, sorry, as you yeah, said, yeah. you know, you you ticked all the boxes that they that they wanted. You know, you, you made the All-Australian team. You made Vic Country captain after captain after captain, the Eva Pierce medal, you know, um, winning best on grounds and all of these kind of things, you know. So, as you said, the resume was there for you, you know. You just needed to sign that bottom line, really, wasn't it? Exactly right. And I was just like, you know, the clubs have spoken to me. They've said, yep, George, you're it. We're what you want. Um, so I took the day off school, went home to watch a draft. I set it up. My um, One of our really good family friends, Mick, he coached me for one of the years of juniors and I coached his daughter. I grew up playing boys footy with his son. So close family friends, they came over to watch with us. We're sitting down, getting nervous, and um, we see people getting drafted, a couple of my friends get drafted, and you start comparing yourself. You're like, oh, I thought I was better than her. I thought I'd go over her. But that's okay. Like surely I'll be coming up soon and two hours pass and we're getting through the last few picks and still not there. And I was like, right, the draft's gone. It's done. My name's not called. I think I just broke down into tears. I was just like, the first thing that came to my head was that I let everyone down. I was, I didn't want to go to school the next day. I was just almost, I was embarrassed. I was like, like, why me? Like, why not me? Um, yeah, it was really tough. It was really, really tough, um, especially after coming, having the interviews with the coaches that I had at the clubs and I was like, this is what I wanted my whole life and I got the opportunity. I did everything in my power that I possibly could and I didn't. Everyone expected me to and I didn't and I was like, yeah, I was embarrassed. Essentially, that's what it was and I was like, now I've got to show my face and I've got to deal with everyone saying, oh, you should have got it. Why didn't you? Blah, blah, blah. Like, oh, it, was, it was real tough. It was really tough. It really was a big blow to the guts. Um, so I let myself sit in the the feeling that I was feeling, this uh, that I let myself down, you know, that mourning the loss of <laughs> – what I hadn't achieved, my goal, the one goal. And um, I took a bit of a break, uh, maybe one or two weeks off. Um, I got to go on schoolies because <laughs> if I got drafted, I couldn't go on schoolies. So I went on schoolies. I enjoyed myself and I was like, okay, I gave myself a bit of a break. Um, year 12 had finished. Uh, you know, I still had that to worry about. Um, so I just put all my energy into that. Um, and at the time there was also a – a state academy it doesn't exist anymore but yeah so it was basically I got picked in to go into that so it was again for the next lot of girls um you know train them and trial them for the draft get them ready for AFLW so I got picked into that and I was like you know what that's fine I didn't get drafted it's fine I'm and I was spiteful I think I was just very spiteful um, which is hard. It's a yuck feeling to be spiteful. Like when you know the girls and they're obviously so deserving and they've worked just as hard, but it's like, I should be there. So I was spiteful for a little while, which is, it sucks to say, but you know, that's how it is. Hey, <laughs> you can't help the way you feel. It's exactly. Yeah. It's, you can't help how you feel. And as you said, like, don't get, you, you can't 
say that they haven't worked hard for no. it because they have. They've worked yeah. just as hard as you or even harder, you don't know. Yeah. But when push comes to shove, you thought you had done all the right things. You thought you had ticked all the boxes. You had at times beaten these girls yeah. on a football field multiple times. Like so there's no like and if anyone in who's an athlete has played high level sport before they can i can guarantee no one would ever said that they haven't been spiteful at some point you no, know no way. i am when i'm sitting on the bench over some someone sometimes you know in a grand final situation yeah. um and it and it's it sucks to say but it's, it's a real it doesn't truth, sit honestly. well in you because you uh, know you shouldn't be feeling no. that way but you just can't help and I think that's something I've learned as well you need to acknowledge your feelings because if you push it away you get stuck feeling that for longer and I think that's what I did so I got stuck being spiteful for quite a while just because I was like I don't need to be like that um and which is something I've learned now over time but I think as well the hardest thing it was the first time I'd had no said to me in a long time in football um like you know I'd been selected in all these rep sides I'd been given all these incredible accolades and leadership roles and I was like that was the first time that I hadn't reached a goal in a very long time or had like the no you're not good enough essentially not that they'd said that but I I wasn't I wasn't what someone wanted the club wanted so that was tough it was tough but at I was like, nah, I need to get back on my horse, focus on it. This is still what I want. I still love my footy and I need to keep going. So we were in the State Academy and I loved it. I was like, I've forgotten about it pretty much. And so we were in the State Academy, we're training and I, I was enjoying footy and it was, we had a really good group of girls there and the, uh, an opportunity came up to have a practice game against Collingwood. There. So there's a lot of practice games going on at the time against some of the AFL girls because they weren't allowed or weren't playing against each other. Um, and in this game, it just so happened it was a, a spot in Collingwood's AFL list up for selection. Uh, one of the girls had done her ACL, one of their midfielders, unfortunately, uh, Kendra Hill, beautiful girl. Um, and so from this game, I was like, all right, there's a spot here up for grabs. But I'm not going to put pressure on it because I've already been let down by them essentially already. I've not been picked up by them. But I'm just going to go out there and play my best and not think about it kind of thing. And it was almost like I'm going to show them, like I'm going to go out there and show them why I should be on that side more or less or, you know, make them spiteful as to why they didn't pick me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, So I went out there and, you know, I came off thinking that, Oh, I played a game of footy, nothing special, nothing super. Um, I had actually thought one of the other girls, had, there was another girl had a blind. I was like, yeah, she's got picked. Good on her. That's awesome. I'm okay with that. And then a couple of days later, so I just got the phone call from Wayne Seekham, the head coach, and we had a pretty good relationship. We talked back and forth um, since he coached me at Metro uh, three years prior. And he's like, how do you think he went? And um we had a bit of a debrief of the game and I was like oh yeah I did all right um not super great and he's like well we thought you did great and we want you kind of thing and I was like wait what I think I started crying and laughing in the car like I just it was so awkward I was like how do I react are you sure and um yeah and me and my friend were just on our way to VFL train like seniors training I wasn't allowed to tell anyone because it couldn't come out in the media and I was just like oh, my God, this is happening. Like, I've done it. 
I was just in, I was like, I felt so grateful and just so lucky. I was like, someone wants me. Someone sees me as being ready for that next level. Um, And that's always a special feeling, feeling wanted and especially for someone that you've wanted for so long. So um, Christmas come, I had a Christmas pre-season pre-season I think I met them once at training um just to sign all the papers um there was an insurance training so I couldn't train with them um so I come back so I missed a whole pre-season with them which was about five or six weeks so I'd come in fresh 18 year old January 10th or something like that ready to crash and bash and I was like I walked in I was like this is it I'm gonna secure my spot I'm going to play games and I rock up and I was just like, I just dropped. I was so intimidated. I I almost straight away assumed, like I knew a couple girls there. Um, uh, I was still the youngest and I kind of assumed the being the baby of the group role, which is something I've never been. Like I've always been, you know, I'm – over the top, I'm an extrovert, I'm a leader, I'm this, this and this. And I was like, I assumed a role that was kind of portrayed by the other girls. Oh, you're the little, we'll take you under our wing. Like, well, we've got you back. And I was like, that's cool, but like that's, I don't necessarily need that, if that makes sense. So I felt very out of my depth. Um, I didn't feel welcome. It was very, it was very an exclusive team to be a part of. It was very clicky um there wasn't a lot of feedback um there were some superstar names in there and they didn't even make me feel welcome so it was it was really tough to come to the side and so I assumed the role of almost being the baby of the group and that I was like oh I'm just there for the ride like I should just be grateful to be here and that's it so I think I almost psyched myself out very early on um it didn't help as well mentally that I knew being a sign-on player that I was or an injury replacement, there was me and another girl, I think she was from Melbourne, and we couldn't be, our contract couldn't be renewed at the end of the year. So we knew agreeing to the contract that we signed that we were going to get dropped essentially anyway. So I was like, well, yeah, it was really bizarre. I really struggled. Plus, like, I was working. I wasn't at uni. I took a gap year. I loved it, though. Like, the training, everything about it was different. Um... And it was just, I was just like starstruck for too long. So, yeah, my confidence and everything was a bit bit rocked. And I think coming from the elite pathway that I had and being a part of those programs, I got in to this calling the AFLW program thinking like this is going to be next level. We're going to have training programs. We're going to have nutrition plans, this, this and that. And I get there and it was none of that. Like girls went on nutrition plans. Girls were going out still during the weekends, pre-game, after games, diets were not great, like people still eating takeout and stuff and that type of thing. And I was just like, there was just, there was no, it didn't feel professional. It felt like a bit of a joke being the first year. I was like, this isn't how, how am I meant to back it up against with everyone else saying it already is a joke as it is? So that was tough. It was, I was just shocked. There was so many aspects to the program in the year. I was just shocked. Um, do you but, feel it was um, a bit rushed that um, they did bring it forward? No. That they should I, have waited or it was no, a good time? It, 
For the development of women's football, it was the perfect time. Some clubs did it so well, so well, but Collingwood didn't. Collingwood didn't do it very well. Um, And I think, unfortunately, um, like there's some great girls and some great staff are part of that program and it just – it just sucked and they weren't performing as well either on the field and it was just like we just weren't ticking a lot of the boxes compared to other clubs. Um, But I kept working. I was driving. Like I'd leave from Rye. We're training at at Amy Park. So I'd leave Rye at 3 o'clock to try and beat traffic, 2.30 sometimes. I'd get up there maybe 4.35. Training doesn't start till 6.30, so I'm there for an hour and a half before. We're there. I don't get home till 11.30 at night. So I was tired a lot. And we trained three nights a week. So that was a big jump as well. Like I'm – my birthday, I'm a December baby. So I was fresh 18. I fresh had my license. And I'm driving three-hour round trips a day up to the city as well as working. So even then, that was a whole new lifestyle change as well. So there's just so many changes that I just wasn't expecting to have. Like no one tells you about that. Um, but I kept working. I kept doing my thing, head down, bum up. So I'm like, this is footy. This is my environment. This is my this is my thing. And I got picked. I got picked round three. Round three. I got picked. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Um, and we'll fly into Brisbane. And this is just like this whole this whole week was the best week of my life. Like I was like, I'm flying to Brisbane. We're playing Brisbane. I play the team I support. Bit weird, but love it. Um, and I'm finally playing. I'm getting on TV. And I'm just like, this is it. This is what I've dreamed for. And after every setback and whatever else, I'm like, I'm, I've done it. This is it. This is my life. And um, mum and dad couldn't come up. They'd said, because, you know, um, I'm the eldest of four siblings. It was going to be really expensive to fly up last minute because we get told on the Wednesday or Thursday that we're playing and we're leaving the Friday. I was like, guys, that's so fine. You can watch it. It was on Foxtel. So like, yep, they're going to go to a friend's house who had Foxtel because we didn't have it at the time. And um, they're going to go to that friend's house. They're going to watch it. I was like, okay. We got there. We're pre-game. And I was like, I was kind of expecting to see Dad at least. I was like, come on. This is my first game of AFL. One of them has to be there. You know what I mean? Um, and every game, pre-game, uh, your, the family of the debut player would give them their jumper. And I just remember from round one when we weren't selected and Everyone was a debut and all their family and friends were there. And I was just bawling my hours out on round, from round one that I wasn't selected and I wasn't a part of that. So I finally had my turn and I was like beyond words. So emotional enough as it was, plus it's hot in Queensland, man. So that did not help. <laughs> um, but then, you know, one of the coaches has my jumper and then the door opens and Dad comes in. I'll probably start crying until it's like my mum comes in, all my siblings come in, and my family friends come in. Like so the house that we'll go that we're gonna go watch at, they came up as well. Like we me and him had been best friends since we were born. Good old Zachy boy, shout out. <laughs> um and all three they were all there and I just broke down in tears. I was just so overwhelmed. 
and shocked mm-hmm. that they like it was just like it just made it it was just the best experience possible and um I went out I did my role I played played a pretty good game I was rotating through the midfield and it was just it was the best I loved it I was just it was the best and um so he came back from that and, you know, I had my pop and my uncle from my dad's side live in Queensland as well. So they came up to watch and it was just like, it was the best day. It was the freaking best day. We lost by like, I think four points with a couple minutes to go though. So didn't tip tip that off, but um, the experience, the debut itself is bloody special. And I got to play round four as well um, against the doggies back in Melbourne. So I had family and friends down and, that that's cool. Like you're fight, you're doing your thing, and everyone's coming to watch. And always so emotional though. Um, and you're hearing them calling out your name when you're on the oval, and just like stop, guys. I'm trying to play. I'm trying to do my thing. <laughs> um, but and that was the first win for Collingwood in his that round four game against the doggies. And I think that that was really special to be a part of. That was really special. Um, from there, I think. I, I didn't play any other games after that. I got emergency a couple games um, and round, the last round I got emergency as well. But just being my role as a midfielder, they had set midfielders and that type of thing. And I think that's what I knew as well. Like I I wasn't a key role. I wasn't a key mid. I was more of a rotated mid. And if one was to get injured, then I was more likely to come in then. So it was tough midfield to break into. But um, but I did it and I can say i done it, <laughs> which is um, – incredible and then once the season finished was tough though like I went back to VFL back at Seaford and that was amazing great club had a ball there but I kind of like I almost fell out of love with footy again which was a really bizarre thing to have like I just I'd had such you know I'd tick the box I'd I was like it was like yeah you've played AFL you're doing your thing but I was just like I think just with all the commotion and it's emotionally and mentally so draining to play at that level um and it'd be the same like for net like you're just playing in such an elite environment and it's just emotionally drained you're training to play it's like i had never done that before i was always training like i was always training to play but you're literally always training for your spot and i think that was always at the back of your mind and that can that can overwhelm you and really take over your trainings and I think when you let that happen it's it's just all downhill from there as you know so I think that was a big learning curve and so I was just drained I was flat um but I played seniors I was having fun um you know I was finally 18 I could finally go out afterwards and and I think that's one thing that I didn't have growing up like in high school like I didn't necessarily have I was in a in elite program since I was year seven. So I'd miss out on parties. I'd miss out on, you know, going out with mates and birthdays and all that social stuff on weekends because I just had sport. So I think it was the first time I was actually able to enjoy a, like a social life in that sense. Like I was a very social person, always have been. But um, and I think I, I just enjoyed that a lot more than footy at the time. Um. He was a priority for however many years, you yeah. know, going nine years at that point. So, yeah. yeah. I realised I didn't have the balance in that sense. But they're the sacrifices you got to make though. Um, and it's harder when you don't have anyone necessarily going through the pathway with you, but 
yeah, they're the sacrifices that you make um, that you forget about, really. Um, but I had another concussion, another one. I think we're up to five or six now, and uh, yeah. I was out for three that weeks. That was at Seaford, obviously. Yep, at Seaford. It was, it was my own teammate as well. Like, it was just – it was nothing in it, this one. I was going for the ball. We both came in, and she – bummed me in the head and I just felt like you see the footage and I just look like you know when the the goat videos and the goats like get scared and they faint that's what I look like like I went stiff and just fell over <laughs> it was kind of funny to watch but like no nah. <laughs> um no no idea yeah that was tough I think mentally again I was just like it always seemed to happen when I was just coming back up on the back yeah. on the up or coming I was just like I just I felt like I couldn't catch a break. Um, but I think it was maybe two or three weeks out um, just because I, I had really short neck and shoulders. Mentally, I wasn't um, as bad as the year before. I was more just ready to come back. I was just like, I just want to play footy. Like, And I think I realised that time out that I was like, I need footy. I miss footy. Um, I didn't know what else to do, <laughs> really. Yeah. Um, so I'd come back and I'd played the year and the draft was about to come up again. You know, I had the draft combine and I spoke to all four Victorian clubs, so it's like Melbourne Bulldogs, well, Collingwood and Carlton <laughs> at the time. So I had some really good interviews there. I tested really well and I was like, you know what, like I'm not expecting to get drafted. I went in with that mindset. I'm not expecting to get drafted. But I don't see why not. Like, I've had the experience at that level. Why would you not pick someone like that? I wasn't picked up. <laughs> I was like, right, that's okay. You win some, you lose some. Um, lost the draft. Um, but I had my – I was coaching junior girls still and we won a flag. So, you know, that helps. That was pretty special. Um, but that was tough. And I think then I was like, I need a break from football after that draft. I was just like, I was ready to take the year off um, and whether go travel or study, I wasn't sure, but I was just on the brink of giving up essentially. I was just like, I just needed a break. Um, and I was on my lunch break from work and I got a call from Peter Searle, the Peter Searle, and I was like, she's my idol for so long. Um, she was the first female coach in an AFL men's program at St Kilda and just an absolute go-getter and really helped build you know the pathway for female and football um and so she called me on my lunch break she's like Georgia Walker I was like yes she's like it's Peter Searle and I was like oh I have a newspaper of you on my wall I didn't tell her that (laughs) it was like a cut out article (laughs) I didn't tell I was like I'm speaking to my wall. What do you want? <laughs> um, and she wanted me to come interview at the club. They were um, starting up a VFL side for their next year and I was really excited. I was like, oh, my God, someone wants me. Someone sees that I have the ability and they want me. Because you, you lose confidence in yourself after a while and you're just like, I know I'm good, but if no one else thinks I'm good, am I really good? Um, but I went for the interview and mum and dad like, oh, keep your options open. You know, you don't want to put all your eggs in your baskets. And I was just like, I was just vibing with this place. And I went for the interview, had the walk around the club. They're like, and I said, yes, straight away. I was just like, yeah. So I signed with St Kilda as the number one pick for their VFL 
draft year and I was so over the moon. I was so happy. I was so grateful and I was like, this is it. I am ready. I was going traveling in January over to Cambodia for about 10 days. So I was like, I've got the perfect balance. I get to go away before we start up. Um, I'm going to have an awesome preseason, a new club. They're just starting and I get to re- help rebuild it. Like, And I think that's what I loved. I have a passion, you know, yes, I'm good at footy, but I have a passion for building the pathway, helping females in football. Like I've got that knowledge behind me. So that's what I did. And I went there and... I got nominated captain and I was like, are you sure, guys? Like, I'm 19 and I think I struggled at the start. I was 19 in a V. I was the youngest captain in a VFLW tournament. Um, I, was like, I saw the footage yeah. of um, oh, the video. getting it. I watched it the other day. It was awesome. You're just yeah. standing in the back row. Yeah. Um, Peter's obviously out the front talking about how, um, you know, you went through the process of the nomination and all of that kind of stuff and then got your vice captain. Um, I've forgotten her name. Definitely Sorry. Was yeah. That? Yes, that's right. Yeah. Um, she was right at the front, you know, she was pretty yeah. excited and everything. And then she started talking about captain and then she's called out your name and you're, everyone's like turned around, like f- trying to find where you are and you're just, just chilling out at the back. At the back yeah. <laughs> your face was just. I was shocked. Like, yeah, it yeah. was genuinely shocked. Genuinely shocked. Yeah. Genuinely shocked. And because that one as well was peer voted, our captains. Yeah. Um, so I was just. I love that. I was like, and I was more like, I just fell in love with that club. Like, Peter is an incredible woman and what she gives to the game and each of us as players. I was like, I'm learning stuff still now. And Jamie Cox, an incredible guy, he was like the talent manager. He ran their women's program and he was like the grandpa of the group, like took everyone under their wing and I was like, this is my home, this is my family and I get to lead that and that's pretty special. Um, And I was just so ready for the year. I'd been training the house down. I was super fit. I was like, yeah, let's go. So we had, we're doing some match sim during training, maybe a couple of weeks later. And I went for the ball and the wind took the ball away. So we changed direction and the girl was running past me and she clipped me in the eye with her shoulder and I got concussed. Um, and, pre-season. Yeah, right. pre-season. So this is about February. Yeah. Um, and it was not, like I didn't go out. I didn't blank out. I was able to walk off. I was just dizzy. Like I just, I was like, well, that's not right. Um, I sit on the fence and I felt really sick. Uh, I drove home. Um, Naughty. Yeah, I think I drove home. I can't remember. (laughs) Um, But I got home and I was just like, this is not right. Um, Anyway, it ended up being two months out. Um, At this stage as well, because of my history, it was like this is serious and we need to get it properly checked out and thankfully St Kilda have some incredible contacts and with their history with them some of their men's plays with concussion I was in the best hands and so I was speaking to psychologists because mentally I was really really struggling with that one again um again I just got captain I was on my highs ready for a good season and another hit um so I was seeing a psych a neurophysiotherapist 
Um, I so I got scans. I spent they're so expensive as well. Like, and this was a whole new world for me as well. Like, throwback three or four years ago, after my one in Perth, I came back two weeks later as if nothing had happened. But this one, like, I was doing cognitive testing, memory testing, emotional testing. Um, I had to get scans. I had to do reflex uh, tests and physical tests. Um, it was just a whole new ball game, and then. I essentially had um, internal unbalance and a weak neck, which kind of explains a lot with the amount of knocks I've had, your whiplash, and now you come to turns and you understand. You treat it as if, like, you've torn a hamstring or something. Like, you tear a hammy, you don't just have two weeks off with nothing. Like, you do a physio, you'll have some rehab, and it's just like the brain because concussion is when the brain hits against the skull on the inside, and so. It, it's a muscle essentially, so it's going to be torn. So I needed to do – and everything else around it, your neck, your shoulders, your back. So I was doing strength training. I was doing neck training. I was doing – I lost um, – I had lack of – lost focus in my eyes. So I was doing all this eye testing. Um, I had to get glasses as well to help with that, um, help my focus and being on computers and stuff because I really struggled with that one. And then, yeah, it was, it was a whole new ball game. So grateful for that, though, because, you know, I've been able to actually pass my, that knowledge on to a lot of clubs and other people as well and spreading that awareness. I think that's really important because like, there's not a lot of research behind it. So knowing that you actually need to see the right people and especially, like, with a concussion, like, mentally, because there's not a Band-Aid, a Band-Aid or strapping that you can just fix the injury with or crutches it's like you've got a physical injury it's all in your head so you're walking around you look fine but you have no idea what's going on like you've got a headache you feel sick so it's not a physical injury that you can see so there's it's all it's almost you feel embarrassed that you're sitting out for as long as you do because of that yeah because you look physically you look fine yeah exactly yeah 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 so that was a struggle um but to the credit of everyone around me and myself and um, I got back for round one, which is what I wanted. I was like, I'm captain of the inaugural VFLW side. I want to play. So I played and I come back and I was playing the best footy I had ever played in my life. I was ha- the happiest at the club. I was loving football, the best friends, and I was like started talking with them about, you know, AFLW for the next year because that was, um, you know, that well, the year after, sorry, you know, we'll start talking about that. And I was like, right, all right, this is this is good. I'm in a good spot here. You know, I could possibly sign an early contract next year for 2020 and round eight comes and again another knock. Uh, I came off at half time. This one was really inconspicuous, which I think why it was such a worry. I um, come off at half time into the rooms. We're playing at Casey Fields. And I felt really nauseous Um, and I had a headache and really dizzy and my eyes did not adjust. And I was like, my first thought was, am I pregnant? Like, you know, you're like, what's going on? What is this feeling? I know it too well, but it can't be. Like, I don't remember getting hit. No one saw me get hit. I didn't fall to the ground in a bundle. Um, And even later you watch your vision back and there was no hit. So I must have just got hit in the right spot. The back of my head was a bit sore, so we think maybe someone had come up behind and with an elbow or something. And 
yeah, so I got ruled out for concussion. Um, this one, this, <laughs> this is the game changer, this bad boy. <laughs> um, so I came off and I think I knew in myself I couldn't go on anymore. Um, I think I can't remember how long it was afterwards. I just remember it was the same as when there was a St Kilda man player, Kobe Stevens. He was struggling with concussions and he ended up retiring as well from concussion. And I just remember we retired on the same day. So maybe in two or three weeks later. And, you know, I'd spoken to do- our doctors, the physio. Um, but I think I just knew in myself that I, I had to stop. Um, you know, I'd been under a lot of wear and tear, been maybe what, eight or nine concussions in the last six or seven years. I was like, I just, I just can't keep doing it to myself. Um, And that was one of the hardest decisions I had to make. Like if other people tell me no, fine, I can deal with that. But if I have to pull myself away from something that I loved, that's like, that's no thanks. Um, So telling the team was the hardest. I just bawled my eyes out. I was like, I just felt like I let everyone down again, you know. so I think symptom wise, you're only nineteen. Yeah, 19, nineteen at the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was studying at uni as well, so um, I was studying teaching. So I was just like, I struggled. I couldn't drive. Like, um, I think I had symptoms for five months. Um, it was a long time, a long time, and mentally, I had never been at a worse place. I think, um, uh, like similar to one of the other girls talking in your podcast there I lost who I was because for so long I was football I was a chick that played football I was I devoted I live I coached I played I trained I watched everything about my life was football and like and then without it I was like well who am I like what am I good at like you know I'd always had you know, a back plan, I wanted to be a teacher or, you know, I wanted to do this or that, blah, 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 I could coach. But I was like, it's not the same. And I struggled mentally. I was in a, um, a real hole for a while. Um, and I think I kept it to myself for too long, just at this place that I, w- that I was in. Um, I ended up going backpacking after the season. I went um, over to Nepal and uh, Indo by myself for five or six weeks and that was the best thing that was like I've been in this poor mental state I was like I've lost who I was I don't know who I am my social life was even football you know some of my best mates were there I was just like <laughs> like why me again like like this is what I want isn't this meant to be my pathway but um I'd come back and I'd finally after this trip I'd come to terms with not playing ever again. You know, I'd retired. That was it. I was done. Um, and I didn't want to have anything to do with football. I was really angry at football. Um, it was like a bad breakup. <laughs> I remember there was a day um, I – so in my cupboard I'd have all my trophies and my, all my jumpers. There's like 23 rep jumpers and bags. I boxed all of it up and put it in the shed from uh, rep – wedge, playing jumpers, footy boots, awards, medallions, footy shorts, footy socks, everything you think of. I threw it. I either threw it out and gave it to my brother or I gave it to some of the girls who I coached or I just boxed it up and put it in the shed. Like I didn't even want to look at it. 
lack it was I was really angry um but I'd come back from this holiday I was like yeah no more footy I'm okay with this like you know I'm just gonna I'm gonna enjoy my summer for once you know I don't have a pre-season I try I was trying to look at the good things everything I always live by everything happens for a reason so I was at the stage where okay what's what's coming for me now then what's what's the message um St Kilda asked me back though to coach they you know I'd been coaching um so they asked me back to coach I didn't want to at first it took me a while to agree to it (laughs) but I needed the money which is at the end of the day why I went back and it was really tough because I went back and coached the same team that I played in so I was coaching my best mates uh at 20 now um in a VFLW competition under Peter Searle I was like man I'm so in and out of my depth but um and I struggled. I was just like, I was still really spiteful again at football and I was jealous that I couldn't be playing. And um, But I was like, okay, maybe this is my new thing. Maybe coaching. Coaching is my spot. And I've loved coaching forever. So I was like, all right, this is it. Um, I struggle with adjusting. You know, you have to have hard chats, you know, dropping girls and stuff. And I couldn't adjust to that. Um, it took a while, obviously, because, um, you know, I was had to drop some of my best mates for games. I was like, this... I'm not ready for that yet. Like I've just broken up with you guys. Like let's let's chill. Yeah, it's pretty um pretty raw still from being a teammate to yeah. then being the person that cuts that um that player. How did you go round one? How did you go? I was really emotional. The girls run out. Yeah, it was really, and I think every week though, seeing the girls run out, it was really tough. Like standing out at training was all right. Like you know, I wasn't necessarily physically active at that stage anyway yet. Like. Um, I was doing physiotherapy still or neurophysio, still doing those rehab stuff and just getting myself right um, just to a state where I could be fit because I still hadn't run in a very long time um, because of my underlying symptoms. But, um, yeah, round one, it was really emotional. I was like, this should be me. Why am I not here? And it's all those questions again. Um, But I had a role to play. And I had to do my job and I was so excited for the girls. So that's where we pushed on and we kept going and it got easier throughout the year. Um, and then eventually I got cleared to come back and play. I had the option, I think maybe uh, it may have been round three or four that it was like, all right, you're at a state where George, if you want to come back and play, we can let you come back and play. And I hadn't thought about that yet. Like I thought, like I'd love the idea of playing again. You know, you get you get white line fever. Like, you know, when you had your year off, you're like, oh, you're in and around it, but you want to play again. You, you've you got more to give. I was like, oh, that's oh, me. Yeah, yeah you, I, I can keep doing it. I'm 20. Like I'm so, you know, I'm, I can bounce back. But um, so, yeah, I'd started training again, back in gym, running, um. And I think that's where my mindset with coaching changed. I was just like the fact I could I could come back. That's all I needed to – it changed everything again. So I just worked hard. I played a couple quarters just in a local Div 1 league in Melbourne uh, – at Mornington, sorry. And that was fun. I was unfit as hell. <laughs> I wasn't footy fit. But it was fun. And I think I was just so grateful to be back playing. That was it. Um. And yeah, so it was a really, it was a roller coaster of a year last year, that's for sure. 
in that sense. It's just constantly having to bounce back and I think maybe not physically but mentally challenging, just so mentally challenging, have to come over that and it's really tough. But I think when you're in that position, you just know you've got to, you just got to talk to people and I think I've, you know, you think I can deal with it on my own, like I'm fine and that stuff. But you get to a point where you're like, I'm really not fine. Like I had a breakdown at one point last year and I had to go see some doctors and like nothing bad, like said, but I just had to go get, you know, see a proper psych again. Like it was just, I was just so emotionally drained and in in a hole again almost. It's just a roller coaster. Um, but I had, you know, I've got an incredible family. I've got some incredible support networks and, so I worked through it um, and I was okay. I was fine. Um, but then I got back, I got with my current partner, Das, and um, he was living in Sydney. So now there was a point that I was like, all right, I'm coming back and playing. Do I want to play AFL? Do I want to move to Sydney and run away from everything? And that was tough. Because then the next decision for me, I, just, I suck at making decisions. Like, and it's just every decision I make seemed to backfire in me some way or another or I'd get concussed. I can laugh about it now because it's fine. <laughs> but um, <laughs> <laughs> but I was just like, I didn't want to leave St Kilda. I'm like, when it comes to class, I'm very loyal and I felt like I owed St Kilda. Like, they'd helped me through my concussion. They'd offered me a coaching role in their VFL program. Like, I was just so grateful to them and I didn't want to leave. And there was possible talk of not playing AFL the year after, but at least coaching in that group. And um, at the end of the day, I decided to move to Sydney. I broke up with St Kilda (laughs) and that was really tough. But I was like, this is good for me. I needed a break from or even just a fresh space. You know, I was cooped up on the peninsula. I'd... It had been tough. It had been a tough three or four years in regards to football and my mental health and I just needed a clean slate and I felt this was a perfect opportunity. So I took it and it was the best thing I've ever done. Um, so I moved in November and Sydney is a, it's not a football and it's not an AFL orientated state. There's rugby, there's soccer, literally every spot. They say, oh, what, do you play sports? I was like, yeah, I play footy. They're like, oh, soccer. I was like, no. They're like, rugby. I was like, Aussie rules, like the real football, the one we all care about. They're like, oh, is, oh lame. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I moved to Sydney and I started working in the AFL running school clinics and I am head coach of the New South Wales Female Talent Academy. So that rating number 16s, which I loved. I was just like, I'm in a new state, new environment, coaching footy to girls who don't necessarily know footy. I was like, this is this is my vibe. Um, I got in touch with GWS and I was assistant coach of their their NAB league team with the under 18s, the Giants, the boys. So that I've never worked with boys before. So that's been an eye opener. Um, so that's, that's been incredible. And I'm back playing. I'm back playing full time. Yay. So I come and back. for the Mighty Bombers as well. I know. North Shore Bombers is the club. Um, and they are a brilliant club. Um, 
and I've loved it. Again, it's it's been a roller coaster though, transitioning back into it. Um, this year in itself actually has been a massive year. So obviously moving by myself, all my family's back in Melbourne, coronavirus hits, can't see your family. So it's been like roller coaster emotionally in that sense with everything. But I was like, footy, this is it. Like I'm feeling it. I want to get myself fit and I want to get drafted again. Like that's my goal at the start of the year. And I um, so I got myself the fittest I ever had during like during the first lockdown. I ran my first ever 10K. Like I used to ne- never in my career had I ever decided just to go for a run, like a 3K run. Like I hated running unless there were, it was training. And I ran a 10K. I was like in under like – it was like 50 minutes or something. Like I, something I never thought I – like – I was like, this is it. Like, I'm I'm ready. Like, vibing, absolutely vibing. And um, I tear a tendon in my foot. Uh, I was running too much in the concrete and I tore a tendon in my right foot, so I was in a boot uh, for eight weeks, six weeks, eight-week rehab. I was like, you're kidding me. You have got to be kidding me. <sighs> so rehab. And just as I, two weeks after I came out of the boot, we're at round one. So thankfully in Sydney, um, we are been out of lockdown for a while and um, we're able to play sports. So I got to play round one and we're back playing and it was great. It's been awesome. I missed the first week though because I was in Melbourne for coronavirus. Like I went to visit Melbourne. I had to come back. So I had to isolate for two weeks before the borders closed. So I missed round one. Kick in the guts. I was like, oh, played round two, played round three. And I was like, yeah, I'm in this. Round four, I was feeling really good. And then the last two weeks I've been out, I've um thought I did my hammy, but I've just I've have an injured SIJ joint, so the sacroiliac joint in the gluteus maximus. And uh so that's been strained. But I'm back this weekend, so I'm excited. But it's just been a roller coaster. A roller coaster, a great one, one I'm grateful for, but, but. Do you see AFLW in your sights? Um, I want it to be. I would love nothing more for it to be. But again, I'm not putting pressure on it. Like if it's if it's to be, it's to be. I'm gonna work hard. I'll train. I'll tick every box that I need to to get there. Um, and if I get there and it takes me there, then brilliant. But if I don't, then that's okay. I think that I've learned, um, like I've had to learn that footy doesn't define me. Like I'm not football and I'm not just for football. Like if this doesn't work out, I'm going to be okay. Like I've had that bit. I've had my two years off. Um, So regardless, I'm content and I'm just enjoying being back and playing football and playing sport. Like that's that was the biggest thing for me. Being that ten-year-old Georgia yeah. Walker with her thirty-one, <laughs> with, with jump next on. to Jonathan Brown, <laughs> I'm back. Yeah, <laughs> amazing. Yeah. Oh, gee, that is incredible. I'm so happy, beyond happy, that you are playing sport again, and you know, doing it because you love it as well. You know, yeah. got that love back. It's the, it's the reason why we start playing it in the first place, isn't it? And the why we can continue to play sport especially team sport you know um 
it just it's just amazing. So I'm so beyond happy that you've you're back playing. It's so good. But Thank stop you. injuring yourself. Oh mate, I'm 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 back in the helmet. For anyone wondering, yes, I'm in a helmet. Oh good. For yeah. mum. <laughs> for mum. Yeah. Um, does it prove to do anything or prevent them? Um, some say yes, some say no. But I'm back in it. I've got nothing to lose. So I'm flying. Amazing. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm so proud of you, girl. Thank you. Hey. So, so proud. So, again, um, thank you for sharing your story. I know it's it's a tough one. As you said, you know, you had some really hard times and some tough times over the last couple of years um, to talk about. So, thank you for obviously expressing that. It's um, it's not easy to talk about. No. But thank They're back you. back the shit, eh? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they are. They but they are. make you who you are, Sars. They make exactly. you who you are. <laughs> They sure do. Um, so I've got a couple of questions just to finish off. Yeah. Um, if you could go back in time, what would you want to tell little Georgia? Football does not define you. Simple as that. That if I'd realised that sooner, I think I would have been in a much better mental state um, and enjoyed my football for a lot longer than I had, I think. And I think that's for anyone, whether they're in sport or in work or just something like one thing does not define you and I think once you realise that, like, it just opens so many more doors. If you pigeonhole yourself to that one place, you get stuck doing it so often though. Like when you're in an elite program, elite sports, you just get stuck like this is it, this is my life because it consumes you. It consumes you. It's socially, mentally, emotionally, physically, um, but it does not define you. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. Um who are the three most people in your life been the most influential along your sporting journey and why? Mum and dad, number one, 100%. Yep. Like mum is my number one fan and she's so embarrassing but God love him, you have to have him. And she would come to every game and be always there by my side regardless. And dad would just, you know, he coached me for eight of my 12 years that I played or 11 years that I played. Like he's, he's you know, they're my best friends there and they've done so much for me in my journey. And I think they've become emotionally attached and I put them through a bit as well, emotionally like with my concussions and that type of thing. So, you know, they've really ridden this journey with me for sure. Amazing. Uh, anyone else you want to mention? Um, yeah, I think Peter Searle, I think um, she brought me back the love for football again and gave me that second opportunity. Um, but I was thinking about it today and I was just like, one person I think I have to thank, like is myself as well, I think, and I, I don't do it enough and I don't, like I said earlier, none of us do it enough that you wouldn't be where you are without you and I think it's so important and I've learned so important to take the time to reflect and sit back on what you have achieved. Yes, all these people have helped. Like you can't do it without them and a, without your little support crew. But you're the one at the end of the day that's saying yes to all the support. You're the one that's putting your body on the line, putting yourself through the emotional, mental stress of it all. And without you, <laughs> there's nothing to be achieved. So I think... Yeah, I'm really grateful for me in the sense of being so strong-willed and determined and resilient and just being able to constantly back up, yeah, back myself up throughout the way, yeah. 
That is amazing. Yeah. Your mum will be so proud of you right now. <laughs> You'll probably be crying. <laughs> oh, it's probably. so true though. It's it so is. true. Yeah. Um, we do forget to congratulate ourselves um, along the way and stuff. So it's 100% true. Um, last but not least, what advice would you give the young athletes of today? Believe in yourself and just trust yourself. Hey, like if you don't think you can do it, then you're probably not going to do it. So I think you've just got to put yourself out there. Um, and if if you want it, you've got to take it. Um, it's tough sometimes because you'll underestimate yourself. But I think once you believe and trust in your abilities and who you are as a person, then the world's your oyster. Yeah. So good. Um if anyone wants to obviously get in contact with you, G, I'll um, tag you, but I'll tag also your performance coach uh, business that you've Yay. got, um, which is we'll just do a little quick uh, quick shout out. Okay. It's a one-on-one coaching, isn't it, for footy, you know, mentoring and um, coaching coaches and all of that stuff, and it can be done online as well um, as in person. Obviously, you're up in Sydney now, so anyone in Melbourne obviously wanting to get help with their football journey and stuff like that, you can still get in contact with G. So I'll make sure I tag um, your performance coach. But you're killing it with that as well. I'm so proud of you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, Again, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. You're an absolute superstar. And yeah, bloody love you, Sars. Thank Thanks you. for having me. I hope everyone enjoyed it, and I hope everyone could take something from it, <laughs> if not a cry. Uh, I'm sure I <laughs> will. I'm sure I will. Um, exactly. Yes. Uh, <laughs> amazing, though. Amazing. I'm so glad again, as I said, that you're playing back playing footy and yeah. loving it. So me yes, too. Woo! thank you. Thank you. Woo! Thanks, Sarsie.